Hi. Welcome to the Detroit Hustle Podcast, hosted by me, Melinda B. Powers. Allow me to introduce you to some native Detroit hustlers and some Detroit Hustle doppelgangers from all over the globe. So, are you ready? Let's go. Hi, it's me, Melinda B. Powers with the Detroit Hustle Podcast, and this week we are talking to vocalist, performer, and actor extraordinaire Angela Burchett, who just played Jackie Clark in the Clark Sisters movie on Lifetime. If you caught it, if not, what are you waiting for? But in the meantime, just listen to us chat. Bye. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our next installment of the Detroit Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Melinda B. Powers, and today we have a burgeoning celebrity actress. She's so talented, she can sing. Oh, she can sing, I'm sorry, sang. Uh, her name is Angela Burchett. Angela, thank you for joining us today. How are you? I'm good, Melinda, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really um, excited to talk today about my hometown. Oh, yes. I love Detroit, it's, it's, it's the best city in the world. <laughs> hey, now that's what I like to hear, and, and that's why we started this, but you know, I got to shout you out a little bit. We'll get to it in the broadcast, but just on the front end, for those that don't know, Angela just um, portrayed Jackie Clark in the Clark Sisters movie on Lifetime, which I've heard so many great reviews about. I haven't had a chance to catch it yet, but I've seen some clips, and I'm really psyched to see it, but you know, keep an eye on her. She's moving. I mean, I won't even get into it because I've read your bio and everything. So let's just get into it, into it. So <laughs> just tell us a little bit about where you're from in the D, where you started out, what schools you went to. Just give us a little background on Angela. Awesome. This is so cool. I get to like talk about home. Yeah. It'll be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, as opposed to like all the other ones I've done. They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> they, don't, they don't get it. Oh, but, awesome. Yeah. I'm originally from Detroit, born and raised um, on the west side. Um, oh, between Southfield and Evergreen, six and seven, Ooh. like a little grid. Uh -huh. uh, I went to Holcomb Elementary. I then went to St. Scholastica Middle School. Uh, and then I went to Renaissance High School. Uh, oh, well, you know, you can't win them all. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think she's going to be able to stop herself. <laughs> I was gonna be like, you know, I don't really know her like that. I won't go there. I'm sorry, I had to. That's just that's my only one. I don't need to do it at length. I, I got enough last week. I grew up in a house where two renaissancers and one cast person, so it's mm -hmm. been a you know constant thing. To this day, my sister Antea and I, if it comes up, we'll back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, but, um, but it's cool. It's it's really exciting to you know people all over the world know about cast tech. You mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Like most famous high school from Detroit. So oh you know, oh oh what what? I see you get all the respect for that. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I graduated um, in '97, and then I went to Kentucky State University, which is a small HBCU, the only one in the uh, Commonwealth of Kentucky. I majored in music education, I dual majored in music education and vocal performance. So acting and performing as an actor, um, I did it intermittently, but I really didn't even get into like really knowing about it and researching and then studying um, until really college, like end of college going and, and, and graduating. So um, I, I take pride in being a person whose journey is not like the typical you know, I went to this college and I, you know, I'm on my 10th Broadway show and, you know, I went to this, that, you know, I went to schools that always had music and arts, but ironically, what I do mostly is not what I went to, what was in my schools it was mostly choir singing, group singing, instruments. I played in the band too. And, you know, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Oh, 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 what instrument? Wait a minute. I played percussion. Ooh. Yeah. I played in the, uh, the symphonic band. I marched for like one season, but then I was Oh yeah, that's that's a different life. It is. And two, when I was in school, um, we, halfway through, we got a new band teacher who was the bomb. But you know how, if you in 10th or 11th grade, yeah. you know, you <laughs> program. So I was kind of like, I'm on my way out. I'm not, you know, I don't love it that much anymore to like really do it. Sure. Um, but it became like a great program, but it was new, newer when I was there. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, I, um, I 
came back to Detroit before I moved here to New York. I taught I taught school, I taught K through eight music at Paul mm-hmm. Robeson, uh, which is also on the West Side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to start the the music program there. They didn't have really anything. They didn't have wow. I think they had the band. Um, mm-hmm. But they didn't have vocal, they didn't have acting or any of that. So uh, I just covered the choirs. Uh, I gave the you know voice lessons and we did musicals. So they kind of got like acting. Wow. I mean, so you just came and created. Now, yeah. see, that's that's nothing to sneeze at. That's not easy work. Okay. And just to backtrack a little bit, we are also both HBCU graduates. I went to um, the one and only FAMU. Oh. Ah. <laughs> Rattlers, right. Yes. <laughs> But I think we came out the same year. I came out in 02. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I came out. I do a major, so I spend a little extra time mm-hmm. in school. Well, you had to. That's a lot. That's double the work. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, geez, looking back, I'm like, why did you do that again? Right. <laughs> um, but it was great because I had everything that I needed when to build a program, you know. And, sure. Uh, and to see it. I mean, I didn't stay very long because New York was calling me. So mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't stay too long. Uh, but I got the program. Up and up running, and running. yeah. The program up and running, and then you know, uh, came to New York, and that's you know, that's kind of it all kind of shifted from there. Once I decided that I wanted to pursue this full time, and um, I didn't, I like I said, I didn't, I don't have that story of you know, I went to this famous, I didn't go to NYU or Tisch mm-hmm. or any of these places. My school was doing shows. I learned from my colleagues and directors, and you know, musical directors and choreographers, and you know. I've, and that's been, that's been it. You know, I've, mm-hmm. had, I've had to be very proactive in my training. Uh, I didn't, I've done television, but I didn't, I've taken maybe one TV acting for television class. Um, mm. It really is just being able to um, pick up quickly and uh, take adjustments and kind of figure things out as you go. So it can be done. And I did it late. I didn't come to New York till my, I was in my late 20s. Okay. Um, so, like, I, I started out obviously not in the union, and I'm like one of the older people in shows because all the non union folks are young. You know, people at that point were union members, but like, right. I didn't know if that was, you know, I just got to New York and just started. Like, I just people. want to do some work. <laughs> you know, and of course, as you go through the, through the way, you know, how we do it here, you learn and you you pick up things along the way. So, it's been quite a journey. Um, Sounds like it. Any of it. It's been it's been amazing. I've been in New York almost fifteen years now. Ooh. Um, and I love it. It's 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 home. You know, it's not my hometown. Yeah. Um, I gotcha. always been a Detroit girl in my heart. Uh, but it's home, and New York's been good to me. I can't complain. Now she's been rough too. Oh yeah, she's known it's for that. True. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. That is true. So, what area are you living in? If you want well, to share actually, that. some people call me a little bit of a like because I moved <laughs> to Jersey. Actually, uh, ah, what part? I'm right now. I'm in Palisades Park, which is um, it's like North Jersey near near the bridge, like right where it splits off, where you go into like Yonkers and stuff. Sure. Um, but I've, I've not been here long. I was in Jersey City for years. Like, I was in Jersey City. Um, I tried to make my way in the big city um, back in 08, right at the economic downturn during the oh. election. <laughs> yes, it was fabulous. And um, But I loved it. I still love New York. I don't get there as much as I would like, but it's an awesome, phenomenal place. So I commend yeah. you for making it work. Yeah. I want to just drag you back a little bit. Okay. So... I know I, I read your bio, but I want the listeners to get a more organic sense of how you realized this is what you wanted to do. So when I was, um, I guess, maybe 13 or 14, I threw a summer program that was led by uh, a, a man named Clyde Harper, who is still, um, he's not in Detroit anymore, but he's still very much um, building young people's you know, careers and, and starting them off with training and acting, kind of like a conservatory. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And uh, I auditioned. It's called the Summer Youth Arts Employment Program. And uh, it was there that I met Clyde. And then with, with also there, there is where I started my relationship with the amazing founder uh, and arti- former artistic director of the Mosaic Youth Theater of Detroit, who everybody knows Mosaic. Um, but back mm-hmm. then in the day, uh, he was just getting started. The company had only been around for maybe two or three years, uh, but he was brought in to direct uh, this 
program's production of Curly. And that was the first time that I was cast in a principal role uh, within a professional, I got paid. It was a professional theater production. At the time, I didn't realize, you know, I'm having like top of the line direction, choreography, the other mm. actors. Uh, but meanwhile, I'm only like 14. I, I was the youngest cast member, but I was playing one of the older, oldest characters. Characters, okay. Uh, and, and Rick kept saying to me, you know, you really should think about being an actor because you have such great natural instincts. You take direction well. Uh, you, you're aware of yourself. And that was kind of the bug that bit me. I, I didn't... Mm. I didn't, I didn't really, I know this probably sounds a little ignorant, but I didn't <laughs> realize like you could sing and act, act together. Like I, gotcha. I just wasn't exposed to that. So, you were young. Yeah, I was a kid, you know, and, and growing up in Detroit where I grew up in church. So that was where I got most of my singing. I grew up at Greater sure. Temple right when it was on Shaper. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was a great training ground, but it's just different. It's church, it's choir. Um, so I didn't know about it. And it was like a whole world opened up to me. And I never stopped being inquisitive. I never stopped um, doing it. I, I uh, was with Mosaic for a little while, doing some of their performances and uh, got to work with Rick more. And we just kept in touch and over the years. And anytime I needed any coaching or anything, I could go to him, MC at cast. She's like another mom to me. Oh, I yeah. You know, it's like I did. All my best yeah. friend, yes, and is one of MC's girls, and okay, not me. Got all of those. Oh yeah, she she yeah. was on season one. <laughs> oh yeah. So, so you know, I I got exposed early to both what it was and how I felt about it, but also other young people who had been doing it already, who yeah, good and like had this natural ability and. I could just name at least 10 people that are on television right now or on Broadway or playwrights or all types of things that started in Detroit right around yeah. the 90s, you know, just get learning. So, yeah, I, I definitely around 14 and then it just kind of blossomed from there. Yeah, it's kind of funny, though, that uh, so this is episode seven of season two. We had 10 in season one and most, if not all of our guests have done some kind of musicianship in their careers as students or professionally uh, so music is a huge thread of this broadcast myself I've, I've played and sang and done things too so I just think that I think that's really cool and unique and I think that's something about Detroit that people don't always realize is how talented Detroiters yeah. are and just naturally just adept at different modalities and arts in general so um thank you for highlighting that yet again oh, yeah. um yeah and i mean no matter what where people end up be it something very technical they always have that music background oh, so yeah. i just yep. think that's super special but so what was the moment when you're in detroit starting these programs at robeson and you're like what was it that said okay it's time to go hi well, you know, it's, it was a few, but I think the one that really got me was uh, one day Dr. Collins, who Marcus Collins, who you had on the show, mm -hmm. his mom uh, was the principal at the time, and she came down to my classroom for something. I don't remember what it was, and we just got to chatting, and she said, you know, I was thinking about you the other day. Are you singing or anything? I, I mean, I know you. we love you here, and you're always here and with the kids, but, you know, I'd love to come hear you sing like you used to, you know, and I said... Well, I don't, I don't really have time between, I mean, I sang at church, um, sure. as far as like really doing what I love, this being passionate about, I wasn't doing it. And that was kind of the joke that was like, mm. wait a minute, I'm not doing it. Time is just yeah. kind of ticking on by. And, you know, I was having some vocal problems because of teaching and, you know, demonstrating I'm playing the piano and I'm banging on the piano and singing <laughs> over it, you know, every class, every day. So yeah. by Thursday, every week I'm hoarse and, mm. you know, and then I'm, whatever I had left was gone on Sunday and, and it just <laughs> kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, Angie, is this what you want to do for the rest of your life? Do you, you know, you, it's fine if you right. do, like, you know that you want to be in New York. You, I, I had friends who I did summer stock with who um, were like, you need to move to New York. And I'm like, oh, I got to finish my degree, you know, <laughs> and I went home and they keep, they call every six months like, hey, Angie are you coming? I'm like, no, nah, you know? And so, um, after that conversation was when I really kind of, I think not even my words, just my energy, my thoughts start putting it out there. Mm -hmm. And, um, then an opportunity presented itself that kind of 
literally snatched me mm. out of Detroit to go work and then which turned into me transitioning to, to New York. So what was the opportunity? You've got me intrigued. Yeah. So um, the, these friends that I talked about that check in, check in on me from time to time, um, which both are amazing Broadway and television actors now. Um, but they were same as me, but they were theater kids. Dominique and Angela? No, I know them, but <laughs> I just took a step. <laughs> New York, they definitely looked out for me, you know. Okay. Um, I have I've kind of lost touch with Angela, but Dominique for sure. Like sure, okay. always, always. But um these these they were a couple and they said, um, hey Angela, we were just checking in with you because they were on the road with a show at the time. Uh, Smokey Joe's Cafe was on their national tour. Okay. And they called and said, um, we know it's a long shot, but I just had to call you because we're about to lose one of our actors and they need an immediate replacement. Wow. Uh, and, and you're perfect for it. And I know you're teaching. I know you haven't been in this world for a while, but I really think between us rooting for you and you doing your thing on tape, you'll get it. So I'm thinking, no, I got, I mean, <laughs> The end of the I lesson plans. <laughs> it's like I can't just up and leave, you know. So I said, "Well, just okay, send me the stuff." So I called up some friends. We went up to Michigan, uh, and she, because my one of my best friends was a um, uh, she had her master's in one of her master's a doctor program. So she was able to like get us in and get us companies, and we put everything on tape. I sent it off, and I got it. I couldn't believe wow. it. Now looking back, knowing how hard it was back then to book things off of just the tape without being seen in person mm-hmm. that was unheard of but I booked it which was kind of like I th- I know this is what I'm supposed to do right literally uh I went to Dr. Collins I was mm-hmm. like oh god what am I gonna say I told her I didn't know what her reaction was gonna be but she was so excited and she basically said I'll take care of everything don't tell the kids I'll <laughs> the end of the school year literally was like report card turn in time it was yeah she said just get your classroom ready for the summer turn in your report cards to me and don't say anything to anybody and go and don't don't come back wow I literally went and didn't come back um so I told my kids bye on Friday not them not knowing that they weren't gonna see me I'll see you again oh Monday afternoon I was in a rehearsal out in Reno um getting put into the show so Wow. And it's been like that ever since, literally. So Okay, so they were already on the road needing yeah. a replacement. Yeah. Wow. They, they were, what was happening was they were shifting the tour into a casino. Okay. So they do that a lot. They'll do like a chunk time where they'll just, it's called a sit down. And they'll okay. do that for however long. And so the girl who's in the track I replaced didn't want to do, uh, they were bringing in a special guest to, for, her, for her role. So she was basically getting demoted and she said, well, I'm gone. So they oh. needed someone to take over her, her the coverage, which is gotcha. what I was doing. So, so yeah, and um, I kind of got a crash course in that world, like touring and, you know, what it means to be a swing, because I had never, you know, been a swing. I didn't know what a swing was and, <laughs> uh, and uh, learned that, which coincidentally, my Broadway debut was as a swing. So I already wow. kind of had like a little experience with that but on a, a lesser scale. So yeah, that sure. was my, that was my turning point where I was like, well, that's a heck of a turning point. It was, I think, and I think this is for a lot of people, especially coming from the Midwest to areas, or if you do jobs, like you, you have a comfortable job, you almost have to have something kind of snatch you out because, mm-hmm. and I get asked this all the time. Well, I mean, how much money should I save? And when should I, there's never a perfect time. You're never going to have enough money is you're not going to have the perfect situation. I came to New York, in an escort full of clothes with $800 <laughs> and friends that let me stay on their living room floor in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I didn't have all these things that people think that, that they need to make the leap. Cause if you're waiting on that, you're not going to do it. No, never. It's never going to be the right time. <clears throat> so yeah, I just kind of got tossed out there, shot out of a cannon <laughs> and I just kept going. <laughs> yeah. So that was 2005. 2005. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And so then after that stint with that show, how long was it before you booked the next one? And then how did you figure out how to navigate yeah. that? And it became a regular thing. Right. So I, that, that tour of replacement was a short term because they had another girl that they were going to, that was originally supposed to do it. Okay. They had her out in Asia on another show. 
So that's how I came into play because okay. they, they couldn't pull her off the show to bring her back home to do it. So I was the interim until she could get back to the state to do it. So I did that for six weeks, came back home. And I said, well, let me just, let me just go for a quick trip to New York and just audition. Mm -hmm. And the very first audition I had, I booked the job. Wow. (laughs) That doesn't happen. But I think this is, I'm thinking of like so many teachable moments, like my teacher thing is clicking in. Mm -hmm. I think too, when we are not so, what's the best way to say it? When you don't really know, that's Mm -hmm. when you're your most authentic self. Mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's kind of like when you hear people say oh she's jaded or he's <laughs> you know he's over it I've had my best results when I really did I didn't know who that person was in the room I didn't know mm-hmm. you know the magnitude of you know I'm auditioning next to a Broadway you weren't so like into the outcome it was like you were detached from all of that expectation yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't I didn't get hung up on things because I didn't know to be hung up on. I just right. did my thing. Mm-hmm. And I think you, I, I wish we could harness that like in a bottle and like <laughs> drink some of it when we get in our way, you know, so yeah. I've been in auditions and I'm up against like Tony nominees and mm. Tony winners. And I get in my head like, Oh, you don't, yeah. here. you don't have the credentials. You don't have the this or that. But if I wasn't supposed to be there, I wouldn't be there. Exactly. So bring why, bring in the room why they brought you there. And that's what I wish people, I wish I could remember it more. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I went and I just, I just went and I, I booked it. It was a Christmas show. Okay. Uh, and it was with a company that's kind of like the American equivalent to Cirque du Soleil. Oh, okay. Um, they have a lot of shows like Cirque Dreams, Cirque This, Cirque That. Um, but I, that, so I ended the, the, um, tour show in late summer by late fall. I was in rehearsals for this Christmas show because it rehearsed through the fall and played through the winter. So then, so at the time I had a roommate and everything, one of my homegirls that I went to college with. And I'm like, how am I going to tell her that not only am I leaving to go do this show in wherever, Missouri or something, but I'm also after that going to come home, pack my stuff and leave. (laughs) And she was so excited for me she was like girl I don't care I can take her (laughs) and she's still in the apartment that wow (laughs) she wasn't lying she was telling the truth (laughs) you never got another roommate she said no I didn't I didn't need one I Mm -hmm. left it was like you were gone I didn't want to bring anybody else and she's still there to this day oh that's (laughs) kind of sweet so supportive she went to cast too Oh, my class. Kelly Williams. You know Kelly? Kelly Williams. She ran track. I need a face. (laughs) You know, thousands of us. (laughs) 800 people in your graduating. I think we had like, no, we had like 525. We diminished quite a bit, but still. (laughs) The name sounds very familiar, but I need a face. Her dad was a coach track at Renaissance, actually. He was a really officer, but she went to cast. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, Kelly, we love you. Yeah, it's my girl. Uh, she went to Kentucky State, too. That's awesome. I mean, but it, it sounds like, too, you have really great support. And those are all Detroit people. I yep, think all Detroit people. <laughs> that's kind of how we how we do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so you, then you start booking things consistently. Now, what I want to know just on the personal, and I'm sure the, the listeners want to know as well, how did you transition from the Broadway stuff to the film stuff? Yeah, so um, the same year that I joined The Color Purple on Broadway was also the same year I booked my first television role, which was a small, like, it's called a co-star. There's different, like, names to the types of roles. Sure. This one is a, is a little more meatier than a usual co-star. I was in three scenes with Kevin James, which is not usually that much, but mm-hmm. it was my first, um, it wasn't my first television audition, mm-hmm. but um, I had only done a few, and it was kind of that same thing of, like, I'm kind of green to this part of the business, mm-hmm. so I just went in and d- was myself, and mm-hmm. I booked it. And um, I, I will say, as an actor, regardless of what idiom you're in, intention and honesty is the same. It doesn't matter if you're on a stage and your audience is 2,000 people or you're on a set and your audience is a lens and, or a few different lenses in different directions. 
So that part wasn't tricky, especially since I was playing a co-star. I wasn't, you know, I was the setup guy for Kevin James. That show was right. all just setting him up for the joke. <laughs> but the lens and the angles and it happened to be so still and mm -hmm. oh it was a little daunting at first <laughs> especially since my first um this was a multi-camera setup which okay. um, is they don't do it very often um they don't do that very often and it, we also had a studio audience so right. this is a random not usual situation for a first timer to go into yeah and uh but they were there it the thing is you got to just kind of go in there and kind of don't don't ask too many questions <laughs> Look like you know what you're doing, but when they throw you the help, take it. Yeah. Don't take it as like, oh, I don't know. Just take it. So, mm -hmm. um, like I remember uh, for this one, I had to speak a little louder than you normally would have to because it's in a, it's on a, like a, we were in a set sound stage. So you got to kind of project a little bit, even though there's sure. like, as opposed to like filming the movie or the other television thing where you just, talk normal because anything mm. above a normal is you sound like yell ah yeah um, so it really was about being very observant mm -hmm. paying attention when i was not called i was sitting in my little chair they give everybody a chair on mm -hmm. set and i watched everything so that i was not lost when it was time to shoot my my scenes right. same thing with blind spot um yeah, I, it was a little easier because it's a little bit more like normal where you just kind of reset up the shots. They shoot different angles, but it's just kind of one camera. Okay. And um, it was really easy at that mm -hmm. point. So so all of that kind of trained me for the film where I was going to be in an entire movie mm -hmm. <laughs> from start to end with a, developing an entire character. So, okay. yeah, it's, it's just really about... Um, being very intentional, but also really paying attention to the direction that you're getting, because really, mm -hmm. to me, when you're acting for television, you don't have to imagine a whole lot because it's all there. You're on set, you're in a house, you're outside, whatever you're doing. So all you have to do is just really listen and pay attention to what the person in front of you is saying. Because mm -hmm. uh, a lot of time the camera's picking up you listening. It's not picking up you talking. So, you know, which sounds easy. It sounds like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, until you watch yourself and you're like, ooh, <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> last night I was shooting, I was in here doing a self-tape and I was just watching myself back to make some adjustments and I was just like, oh, God, no, that doesn't, that was not at all what you thought. <laughs> but watching myself helped me say, oh, I know what to, to how to shift myself a little bit. Yeah. So that all helps, you know, when you do self-tapes, you watch yourself back, you watch other actors. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, and all of that helped. And so it makes it a little easier going back to the theater because I can just be like, people don't, this, doing this doesn't read on stage. Nobody knows mm -hmm. what you did. They can't understand exactly. what you did, so. So, so yeah. what role did you play in The Color Purple? Because I don't know the answer. So I for Bro so I did the Broadway company and the national tour that went out right after it. Okay. So, uh, on Broadway, I was a swing for the church ladies, which okay. for the listeners who are, may not be versed on the theater lingo, a swing basically is an understudy that covers more than one person. Gotcha. Um, typically, a swing uh, covers a lot of ensemble roles. They also cover principals, but typically cover a lot of ensemble roles. So it basically meant, meant that um, I was like an on-call type of actor. I had to okay. report every day, but I didn't go on every day. I only oh. was there in case somebody called out, somebody got sick, somebody mm -hmm. got injured, uh, or something like that. So mm -hmm. my main function was because uh, Danielle Brooks was filming Orange is the New Black, and she was our Sophia. So she was going to be doing a lot of filming, and her understudy would be on a lot, so they needed a person that could really be there to cover. So that's how I came into the fold at Color Purple uh, Broadway. But on tour, uh, I was the church lady that opened the show. Um, and if anybody's seen it, they know like that's, it's like getting shot out of a cannon. Because <laughs> <laughs> you literally- But you don't, but you don't be, seem to be a stranger to doing that at this right, point. Right, I'm telling you that <laughs> our conversation is kind of helping me like realize like, this is kind of your life, right? Mm -hmm. Shout out of cannons, the pressure, the, you know, I didn't, I have, I've not had like an easy, like, oh, just, you know, sit around and, you know, smoke my cigarette. It's easy. <laughs> no, like I just, I haven't. 
Um, and I also uh, understudied Sophia on the tour and I got to play Sophia in Detroit when we played the Fisher. Oh, nice. That was like all the feels. <laughs> yes, I bet. I bet. And I have not gotten to see that show. I'm so upset because I've read the book several times. I've seen the yeah. movie a million times like most black girls in America, but right. have not seen the play yet. That's going to be on my list. Yeah, when it comes back around, I definitely, I know they, there was a tour that was out that got mm -hmm. closed down because of the COVID-19. Yeah. But I'm sure, you know, over time, the demand for that story is going to, it's so big, it'll be back. Sure. Out. It comes, you got to see it. Got to. Well, you're definitely making me a lot more interested. I mean, I was kind of like, yeah, I know the story, but no, yeah. I want to see it. Like okay. Sister, for example, is not in the book, so. Okay. Um, none of the church ladies are. So it's like a sure. cool device that they used um, to kind of help push the story along. But if you read the book, we don't exist. Exactly. But that's the thing about art. And that's what I love about art. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just whatever you make it. Creativity yeah. is awesome, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So we're gonna transition a little bit. Um, well, no, before that, I want to know what else is in the pipeline? Like, what are you working on? And why have we never heard any solo music from you? No, I knew that question was coming. Mm -hmm. um, well, I did have a solo album that was out, uh, I released in 2009. What? I know, and I feel I could kick myself because uh, it did really well. Um, I sold out of every physical copy I had and it did well online. Mm -hmm. But somehow uh, I let the renewal lapse accidentally. And once you do that, it it's like the music's gone forever. Oh man. Well, unfortunately, that's gone. But fortunately, mm -hmm. I'm in the studio right now. Actually, my single will be out very, very soon. I'm really nervous because most people don't know me as a studio singer, even though right. I am a I'm a session singer. I do mm -hmm. everybody else's stuff. I don't do my own stuff. Mm -hmm. so, um, I will be releasing that. I'm hoping to have the eat the full EP out probably by the end of the summer, early what? but I'm trying to have this single out really soon, like within the next two to three weeks. Whoa, you heard it here, folks. Now see, I didn't even know that. I'm kind of a prophetess in that way where I just brought that up and it just happened to be relevant. Mm -hmm. Um, no, so that's amazing. Yeah, that makes yeah. me happy because okay. I've heard you on other stuff. Right. I heard you on the Tale of Two Fools novel sold by Chad Sirwick Hughes, and I love it. Detroit. Yeah. Oh, I love you. Ooh, I want if you could just sing a little bit. Am I putting you on the Ooh, I'm shooting you out of a cannon. Oh, you, um, oh, do I remember? You remember the words? Oh, oh no. Oh, I love you, Detroit. Detroit, there's no place I'd rather be. Detroit. I don't remember. <laughs> That'll kill me. <laughs> you can edit that part. <laughs> well, no matter. Thank you. I, I was wondering if I could slip that in somewhere, but yes, oh, I love that. That tune that's such a great tune it is oh. and it just talks about all the landmarks and stuff so it's really special and mm -hmm. um yeah we're gonna have to find a way to ease that into the broadcast i know yeah. i spoke about it once but it didn't happen but we're gonna work on that yeah yeah all right so solo project any other film stuff any other well i know right now stuff is really yeah. not happening in that way i mean i didn't really have anything um coming up before this just a lot of auditions because this, this gotcha year well it would have been ending now, but right when everything started is when pilot season happens. So yeah. all the films, even everything's just gone halt. Yeah. So you know, and plus too, with the movie coming out, uh, there was so much press and stuff we had to do for that that sure. it, I probably would have been overwhelmed. Yeah. But you know, I've been going on tape for a lot of projects. Uh, I've gotten all backs for things, so we'll see. Nice. I don't. We. I think everybody has just has like a huge question mark over their head especially mm -hmm. in the theater community because we honestly we just don't know producers yeah. are you know i've lost a lot of money because these shows are closed mm -hmm. so a lot of shows may not afford to come back that have yeah. were doing great that just yeah. can't afford this or shows that were in production or in development that just get canned they kind of get lost in the shuffle because right now producers are just trying to cut their losses let alone right. so they're not thinking about 
all those other things. So hopefully my prayer is everyone who was employed that wasn't a show mm-hmm. when Broadway went dark that those shows will be able to return, even if it's yeah. limited, especially Ain't Too Proud because that's my favorite Broadway yes. show. Yes. I love it. I love everyone in the show. <laughs> Shout out to Dominique Maruso who lost us and gave us a jewel with that show. Um, so I'm praying all those guys could come back and, and stir us up like they did. Uh, but I'm also hoping that people will not let this stop them from creating and right. putting new works out and using this as a reset time to sure. look at new things, re, you know, maybe bring up some old projects that they kind of previously canned and said, let's revive this. Let's look at it and see what we can do. So, sure. Yeah. But right now, I'm well, just uh, I'm excited. Thanks. I am too. I am too. You're you. I'm definitely going to be looking for that, that music. That's going to be amazing. And I'm going to be doing some live. Um, I, I host a big open mic here in New York okay. I have for years. So we're going to kind of do a online version of that coming okay. up really soon, really soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so please, I hope everybody at home can check it out. Cause finally now what I did in New York, people at home can see it because you have a captive audience. We can't go anywhere. Okay, you're right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just um just staying positive and checking on my people and you know, that's what I'm doing right now. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. All right. So now we're gonna go to the more fun stuff. Okay. Well before we go there, I want you to just tell us in your own words in just a few minutes. And you've mentioned some of it, but just to kind of encapsulate it here. What in your experience makes the D so special? Oh, our resilience. Mm. We are the textbook case of the comeback kid. I mean, Detroit has had so many things to try to stop us and slow us down. And, you know, we have just always managed as a city, as a community to come back. We, we lift each other up. We support each other. Uh, we, we are open to growth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, you know, I, I keep an eye on Detroit, you know, I've been here for years, but, uh, every time someone brings up Detroit lately, it's always, oh yeah, Detroit. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I've heard it. <laughs> you know, and it brings me like a little joy because yeah. you don't know the half, you don't know, you know, what we've gone Man. through, what we've come back from. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know that there is a stronger, more resilient city in, in the United States. Uh, than Detroit. Uh, we, when we get down, we rely on our artists to inspire us and encourage us. Uh, we, we, we don't let ourselves get counted out. And, and so that's what makes me proud. I'm a proud, proud daughter of Detroit. And no matter where I go or what I'm doing, I make sure. You can ask anybody here that knows me, they know I'm from Detroit. Hey. I, I talk about it. I sing about it. I post about it because I just love it. I love Detroit. I love our heart. I love our soul. And um, there's lots of Detroit people here in, in New York. And it's like when mm-hmm. we see each other, it's always like, mm-hmm. what up, though? What up, though? <laughs> 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 oh, it, just, it brings, that's the reaction. Yeah. When we, when we greet each other, when we, when we see each other, when we, you know, we're all out here moving and shaking and doing things, we still, it's still, mm-hmm. what up, though? You good? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I'll, I, I'll treasure that always and I, my heart is always with Detroit no matter how long I'm away yeah I, I, I echo that sentiment and it seems like we all say it's a lot of Detroit people where I live it's true here too in Florida like there's a lot of Detroit people in Jacksonville of all places mm-hmm. there's a whole church that started here from people that came from word of faith so the church ah. I ended up at <laughs> originally when the first probably seven years I lived here were just all of Detroit people. So it was like home. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Like, how do you find that? You know what I'm saying? So right. I totally get it. You, you, yeah. you hit the nail on the head with that. And we've had some really interesting responses to that question mm-hmm. and they're all so rich and they all add another layer. And I just love that we have all of this positivity that we can share with the masses that have, because mm-hmm. I find the people with the most negative opinions about Detroit have never been. Never what they watch on the news oh my god were you ever shot or robbed like when were you there oh I've never gone oh well I lived there for most of my life up until you know I was an adult and that never happened to me it's just uh people just they that's there's something to be said for the spin that the news and media puts on places not just Detroit lots of lots of people 
You just mm-hmm. got to really get to know the city, you know, yeah. come, visit. come during the summer uh, when we have our festivals and oh my gosh. Yes. Like, okay. Well now, see, now we're getting into the next one. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's get to that. See, this is me not, not being on, on point. So let's, okay. Let's get into it. Okay. Um, this is our last portion. We call this the fab five, the play on the old Michigan team. Yeah. I'm going to ask you about five Detroit things. I want you to tell me what your favorite thing is in each category. Okay. Um, you can attach a story to it if you have something to share, because a lot of people do. If not, that's fine. Okay. So number one, your favorite Detroit place or landmark? Definitely is Car Plaza. Okay. Car Plaza for so many reasons, which I think you're... Another question will help me answer that one more. Okay, okay. Art Plaza is my is my favorite. Yeah, when okay. I went to Detroit. Okay, cool. That we've we've gotten that one a few times. Um, it's either that or Belle Isle. That's a that's popular a, answer as well. They're about neck and neck, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So number two. <clears throat> now this one I make a little bit more difficult on purpose. Okay. Your favorite restaurant or dish, mm-hmm. past or current? Oh, um, my favorite, which technically, uh, okay, so I'm just going to answer it and then we can discuss. Okay. <laughs> my favorite place and dish, because the, the dish and place is the same, okay. is Apopolis. But... People mm-hmm. be like, nah, because that is a Chicago-inspired food. So it's technically right. not really a Detroit staple. But, but that's is, a very popular answer, actually. It is only only second by Coney Island. Ah, that, that's the one. Yeah. I've arguments with people in New York <laughs> because they have a Coney Island location here. Right. And here they have hot dogs and stuff. This place, mm-hmm. this place called Nathan's, which is disgusting. It's nasty. It's <laughs> salty. It's greasy. Ew. <laughs> they can't, well, Coney Island started in New York. I said, no, it did not. No, it didn't. <laughs> I have literally researched it because I got so oh. arguing with people about okay. it. And um, so my favorite for real Detroit food is Coney Island. And it is... My favorite dish there is chili cheese fries and a Coney special chili with no beans. Oh, so. okay. No beans. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a school of, with the beans, without <laughs> beans. I'm a no bean person, but. Okay, okay. Time, literally every time I come home, maybe the last time I was there, I didn't because I was on a diet or something. Mm. I always go to Coney Island. Okay. Oh, I never come home and not have it at least once while I'm there. No, I get you. My, my, and people have heard me say this. I don't care. I'm going to say it again because it's my show. My <laughs> go home, got to get it every time is Olga's. Oh, got to get Olga's. <laughs> oh, that bread. It's that bread, man. It's the bread. Oh, you can't get it anywhere nope. else. Nope. You can't get it anywhere else. Olga. <laughs> yes. But no, I mean, it's Coney Island. That's real. The only thing was after I went off to college, and I tried to come back at Christmas break and eat chili cheese fries. That didn't work out so well for me. So I kind of gave that up. I love you, Coney. I think, no, I lie. I had some two years ago when I was there for my class reunion. I do think I had some chili cheese fries for old time's sake. But yeah. it's not something I can partake in too yeah. regularly. You know, it's you get a little older. Things change. Yeah. <laughs> but, Honestly, I shouldn't be eating it either. It'd be bad for me, but I don't care. I it. It's I so care. good, though. And it's I just so don't eat ketchup. Yeah, and you know. You know, there are people who say, from Detroit, that say you, you're not supposed to put ketchup on Coney dogs. I can't do it. Well, I don't, I don't do Coney dogs. That's something I don't do. It's about the fries, the chili cheese fries. I like the fries, yeah. You gotta have fries. on the fries. You got to, yeah. I don't know where hmm. that rule came from, but. I don't know. Do it, do it how you like everybody. Right, 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 yeah. right. Okay, we're not going to put limitations on your Coney, right. Coney <laughs> favorites. All right, so number three. Your favorite downtown event, downtown only. You know what that includes. Right. Go. The fireworks. Yeah. My favorite. When I was a kid, the highlight of my summer was going to the fireworks. Oh. And my, my mom, so sidebar, my mother is 
from Toronto. She's Canadian. She's still a Canadian citizen. For whatever really? Reason, never changed that. Never changed her citizenship. Hmm. So, um, we and my grandparents, until they passed on, lived in Toronto. So I was always in Windsor, or we would drive up. So hmm. a lot of times, I guess this is kind of cheating. We <laughs> we watched the fireworks from the Canadian side. Okay. Because they had the rides and the food. I mean, even though we had food on Detroit side, but they had yeah. rides. And so my parents would make like a whole like two day thing of it. We would go um, ride all the rides, watch the fireworks. Then we would stay at a hotel overnight, mm-hmm. get up and have um, breakfast at this place called the Golden Griddle. It's a Ooh. Canadian uh, breakfast spot that has the best pancakes. And then we would come mm-hmm. home. So Aww. when I was really little, we we did we stayed on the Detroit side. But then once I became a teenager, we we watched on the Canadian side. But by far my favorite event ever. And some of the best fireworks I've ever seen. After I left Detroit and tried to watch fireworks in other places, I'm like, what is this? Yeah, this is terrible. not that good. Oh my god, where's the finale? Like this is I, that was it? Oh, there's nothing like sitting on the lawn or getting your chair. And then it gets dark and those things go off and everybody's cheering and clapping. Mm-hmm. It's just the best. It's the best. It I'm is. Oh, yeah, that's a really good one. Uh, Jarrell also mentioned that as his favorite, too. That was a really funny story he had. Okay, so we're, we're winding now. We got two more. Okay. Number four, your favorite Detroit sports team. The Pistons. Of course, of course. That's the overwhelming favorite. Probably mainly because a few of the other ones disappoint us a lot. Well, not just yeah. just one. We love you, Lions, but come on. You guys. We're still rooting for you. We're still rooting. We are, but it's just so sad. It's a struggle. <laughs> it's a struggle. And I live in Jacksonville, so I just can't get a break. <laughs> yeah. I remember one time break. That reminds me of uh, a time I was, when I did live in New York, because I lived in the Bronx for years. Okay. Um. I was on the train, and where I lived was the uh, four train, and the four train is the was one the main train that takes you literally right through Yankee Stadium. Okay. And so you know not to ride it when they have games because the, the trains are packed with people that come up from Manhattan and Queens and stuff to watch the game. Mm-hmm. So I was going, I was either coming home or going into the city, and I was on the train when a game had let out, and it just so happened that this was a Yankees uh, Tigers game, and we won. The Tigers Woo! won. I said, "Go Tigers!" on the on the train, and Uh-oh. everybody was like, mm. <laughs> said, "I'm from Detroit, so." And I just sat down, and everybody on the train was like, "Right, me mugging." Staring. I said, "I don't care." And my friends were like, Shh. "I said, I don't care." <laughs> the Tigers won. I'm from Detroit, and they're like, "Well, this is Yankee Yankee Town." I said, "I don't care." Like we, we get real back and forth with people. Mm-hmm. But I was very proud to cheer yeah. for my team, even though they were in New York playing. Right. I mean, hey, you can't help that. Mm-hmm. You got to root, root, root for the home team. That's right. And that was your home team. So. That's right. But I mean, some crazy stuff happens on the train, girl. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> Man, this has been so fun. We are on the last one. Okay. (sighs) I try to drag it out just a little bit because that's just how I am. No. So number five, and this is a very customizable answer. Your favorite Detroit memory. And what I mean by that is a memory that you have that is so doggone Detroit, you can't classify it as anything else. Ooh. Hmm. That's a really good question. Probably any time in the summers um, when I was allowed to go to Belle Isle, uh, <laughs> you know, because back then, you know, it was still kind of crazy, but <laughs> a couple of times I was able to go to see like all the cars like blasting, like. I have so many memories. Like, <laughs> I've scratched that one. I, that, okay, I have, okay. Well, that's trash. Next. My favorite Detroit memory is one Christmas, I was at Fairlane Mall, which oh. you know that was the spot between Northland and Fairlane. God, in Northland. Oh, nah, so I mean, maybe. I didn't grow up on the west side, but. Oh. Okay. <laughs> 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 well, well, I'll allow it. Okay, okay. Well, go with me here. If you, yes. okay. 
mm-hmm. it was Christmas time and you know back in the day like the mall was the spot like the, mm-hmm. whatever Eastland wherever you what's outside yeah. of the mall. and I remember being in the mall with my two of my like girlfriends and we were walking through all the kids you know teenagers were there and somebody had busted out like a, a boom box or something and they turned on some JIT music. It was like oh. a big music. And they literally had like a JIT battle in the middle. In the mall. Like, and these guys, I mean, and if you know how in Detroit everybody want to crowd around. Yes. Like a super crowd of people in like the mall security was trying to like get us all to leave. And oh, it was so Detroit. And yes, that's very Detroit. Breaking it down. I mean, JIT moves I never even seen. And I don't know wow. if people know jitting is but like it's a detroit google it google it go on youtube Uh, (laughs) why was i just showing somebody um the some old clips of um the new dance show oh my god (laughs) that's very detroit (laughs) i got so many but that probably was the best one i was like man i love being from detroit this is yeah that is pure detroit right there but it was good clean nobody got into a fight Right. Everybody got mad when they mm-hmm. lost. It was just, yo, like, he's dope. Yeah, Next yeah. Going, going, going. And it was just like, this is so dope. <laughs> yes. I love that. I love that. And I've said this before. I repeat myself a lot, but that's okay. Not everyone heard this before. But what I realized just recently is that how back in the day, we were dancing to, like, electronic European yep. German music. Yeah. I had no clue as a young black girl in Detroit that that was not Detroit music. To me, that was what Detroit music was. Right. But that, it came from the other side of the globe and we were making it hot. We made it so trendy and so fire. It's so crazy to know that now because it was just so commonplace. Yep. We just made it work and it it was really like cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still play it now. I, I've introduced several New Yorkers. Oh yeah, right music, and they love it. Cosmic Rain Dance. That's all my oh, uh, iTunes. Yes, like I raise my hand like I'm in church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, Dendada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all that. Yeah. Yes. Man, it's over. We're oh, done. Well, I hope that now we stay connected. Yeah. I want alerts and notifications when you got stuff coming out. Mm-hmm. And maybe next season, after you get a little traction with your solo stuff, we have you back on to talk to us about it. That would be really Yeah, cool. that'd be great. <laughs> Thank oh. you so much, Angela. This has been phenomenal. I am so glad we got a chance to connect. Tell and tell you, I said hello. I will. And, you know, this. This is Detroit Hustle Podcast. This is what we do. So yeah. next week we'll be back with another installment and you guys just keep listening. Yeah. Bye. Bye.